Welcome back into the Card Chronicle podcast. It is Wednesday, uh, March 1st. Supposed to be the most exciting time of the year. Supposed to be the most joyful time of the year. There's no joy in Louisville this year. It's I, 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 I'd forgotten it was March until I just got ready to read that intro. It is sad. That's how down we are. Mike Rutherford here in Louisville, Kentucky. Danny Sennard in, I think, Charleston, West Virginia. Where are you right now? Yeah, good old Charleston. Uh, <laughs> not going, not a whole lot going on, believe it or not. Um, are you in your car right now? I am in my car. <laughs> That's I debated where like. to do this. I was like, I feel like doing this in a Starbucks is too classy. I, <laughs> I deserve to be sitting alone in a in a quiet car in a parking lot. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a while. You've gone mainstream on us, um, oh. but it is. Uh, yeah, you know what? I swear. I'm not jealous at all that you get to do a show with Master P, I, I promise. But uh, tune in tonight to the CW. Uh, Dan Sennard actually doing a show with rapper Cisco. Uh, <laughs> it's actually titled uh, Disco Night um, for Dan and Cisco. I don't know, I've been sitting on that way too long. I'm like, I don't know how to deliver this. Um, but no, uh, I mean the masterpiece thing obviously is uh, that's a game changer and pretty damn cool. Is Kenny Payne gonna be gone? Song we <laughs> we hear from Cisco tonight. Yeah, I think I feel like ninety percent of people listening right now are like, please don't talk about the basketball team. Just talk about masterpiece. I know. I, I was wondering how much P talk we were gonna have instead of uh, Kenny P. We'll talk P. We'll, we'll get into P. I mean, I I dropped my I just dropped my daughter off at school, and both days. Tuesday and Wednesday, I've been stopped by just random parents who are like, Master P, huh? I'm like, yeah. They're like, how'd that? I'm like, here we go. Uh, so I'll give some I'll give some behind-the-scenes stories and how this came about and tell the story about how I, I came to do a TV show with Master P about sports on Monday and where that's going to go from here. But I feel like we do have to start with the men's basketball team. I mean, it's, it's every, we need to start somewhere. Every ounce of my body just like shrivels when I start talking about it. It's like, no, it's like every natural instinct says just run the other fucking way. But uh, it, here we are. I mean, a week from today, it still feels weird. I know we were kind of in this situation last year, but it's still, it feels so strange. It feels so wrong to be sitting here on March 1st and saying, you know, a week from today, it's probably going to be over. You know, whenever we lose the conference tournament, it's done. I think everybody's ready to turn the page but still it just it feels wrong to to know that before we even get really deep into the heart of major conference tournament week Louisville season's going to be over and we're going to be talking about you know, who's entering the transfer portal who do we bring in do we get these these 2023 recruits that are now available can Kenny Payne start making this right um, but there is I, I've never I, I always say that the the day after Louisville gets eliminated, from the NCAA tournament or the conference tournament, if they're in a situation like this, it's the saddest day of the year for me. And this year, I'm not sure that that's going to be the case because I am so fucking sick of talking about this team and having the same conversations that we've been having since November. And quite frankly, the team looking a lot of times the same way that they've looked since November. I know we had a nice little stretch there of a couple of weeks where they, they seem to show improvement. And now we've lost back-to-back games to two of the worst teams in the conference, Georgia Tech by 16 and Virginia Tech by 17 last night. It's just been the same over and over and over again. And it's still just, I don't know about you, it 
racks it, it, like it does something weird to my brain to say the words out loud. Louisville is four and twenty six. It is March first. We've played basketball for four months. We have four wins. We're averaging a win per month at this point. It's the saddest thing I've ever been a part of. I, I, it's it's just abysmal. Last night was a, a another new low. It felt like losing at home to Virginia Tech by seventeen on senior night, a program we never used to lose to, and on a night where we never used to lose. Period. It's just it's so bad. It's so bad. It really is. I mean, I, I don't know. There's not really a whole lot more you can. There's I mean, not. We, There's we, nothing we, else we, to say. To say like, it's like oh, like you know, like I know we're supposed to come out here and, and talk about it, but it's like, what do you want me to say? I mean, you we want us to break? Do, do you want us to break down Roosevelt Wheeler's plus minus? <laughs> what else? What else can we do at this point? We've got four <laughs> fucking wins. It's terrible. It's all. I know. Like I'm, I'm speechless. There's no. I mean, there's no use of breaking down x's and o's and substitution patterns and playing time i mean it, it really doesn't matter i mean it, to me it, it it comes down to the fact that you know once this season is over um like the fan base i mean credit to them man like they even yeah. showed up last night like I, I love this fan base they're so fucking awesome and like even though we bitch on here and we bitch on twitter like I, I like we've been pretty patient for like being quote unquote one of the top programs going through this just absolutely, you know, dumpster fire car wreck of a season. We've got um, four wins. We have four, four wins. wins. Like we should be like, you know, pitchforks on the steps of the Yum Center, but uh, you know I this is what I'll say. I mean, not that Kenny. I mean, his honeymoon ended pretty quick with the Lenore Ryan game. By the um, way, I looked it up last night. I like you, Lenore Ryan finished the season eleven and sixteen. Oh Jesus! They had they had six wins in their conference, which is not one of the better conferences in Division Two. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, we'll, we'll get to it later. I was gonna ask like what the lowest point of the season was at a season of lows, but we'll talk about that later. But really, it comes down to like now, you know. Everything you do after we get eliminated, like any, you know, I don't know what's a good way to put this, like any good ground that you had, not that there's been a lot like that Kenny's willing to stand on, like that's been eliminated. Now, everything you do, whether it's recruiting, whether it's what you say to the media, whether it's, you know, um, beginning of the year scrimmages everything you do going forward after we get eliminated is going to be scrutinized to the thousandth percent it, it, you know especially by me um so he has zero room for air in my opinion going forward and is that fair i probably not i don't think he's gonna be able to absolutely turn around this program on a dime that's just my opinion i know it sounds like we got some possible momentum in in the recruiting front but i just think the hole has been dug too deep i think in hindsight we should have probably hired a program resurrector versus you know someone who uh, i mean you know kenny's just never been in this position before so um but hey I think everyone is on the same – I mean, I don't want to say everyone's on the same page giving him a second year. I think a lot of people would be okay if if something happened and, you know, we were to have a new coach in here next year. But I think everyone understands that he's going to get a second year. So with that being the case, you know, now the clock starts. Now everything you do is going to be results-based, and we are just going to judge the fuck out of it. 
can I say real quick? I know you didn't intend it this way, but the, when you said everything's going to be judged to the thousandth degree by, by everyone, especially me. Especially me, Kenny. You sort of made it sound like you're the athletic director. Like, 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 like that, that Kenny Payne somehow answers to you and you alone. Like, it was very much a like parent... Like, we're all going to be judging you harshly. Us, me the most, especially like, like, me. Literally me in my living room. <laughs> you shall not pass. Saying this from inside of a fucking car in Charleston, West Virginia, <laughs> as if Kenny Payne's fate depends on how you feel about the way that he's handling the offseason. Uh, it just it made me smile. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it something that doesn't make me smile. I mean, because the narrative already shifted. Like, all due respect to this year's team. The focus for most of the fan base has been on the future for like two months now, at, at, at the very least, because this season was a lost cause in, by December, and it all became, how does this get better? You know, it, it, is it all the players' fault? How much blame do the coaches get? How can we get new talent in here? How's this twenty twenty three class going to look like? What are we going to do with transfer portal? Like that's where the focus has been, and I think that there's a there are a lot of reasons to have concern that this is going to get significantly better like surely to god it's going to get better that's not the question the the question isn't whether or not we see improvement in year two it's whether or not we see enough improvement to justify the belief that Kenny Payne can get this program back to being uh, among the elite of the elite because that's the standard here and I've got a couple of of huge I mean I saw this is a my biggest concern I don't know about you the defense is that should be something that's teachable. Yeah. And we came out this season from the very first game, the Lenore Ryan game, and we looked like a team that had no knowledge of basic defensive principles. Like, we don't contest outside shots with high hands. We don't seem to have any idea how to defend a pick and roll. We also don't have any set defensive identity. You know, we've. How do we handle a high pick and roll? Do we hard hedge? Do we try to fight through the screen? Do we switch everything? Do we ice? Like, like we don't do anything consistently. And then every now and then we'll throw out like a, a one three one defense or a little two three, and it looks like we we just practice zone and walk through for the first time. Guys have no idea where to be, and this has been all year long. And the identity of this program for so long has been on the defensive end. In Ken Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency stat. Before last year, we had never rated outside of the top 50 in defensive efficiency. Basically, we had been a top uh, top 50 defensive team every single year since Rick Pitino's first season, which is when Ken Palm launched. Last year was the first year that didn't happen. We finished 112th, which was, I mean, you and I on this podcast last year were saying this is the worst season in any of our lifetimes. The team's defense was so bad. The team was quitting a lot. Like, this is as bad as it can possibly get. 112th in defense last year. We are currently 282nd Ugh. in adjusted defensive efficiency. 282nd. It is, for a program like Louisville, it is damn near impossible to be this bad. And yet here we are. I mean, I'm talking about the Virginia Tech game on the radio yesterday, and I'm sitting here saying all this, this shit. I'm like, you know, Hunter Couture is the, the leader in the ACC in three-point percentage, he's shooting about 44% from three. You can't leave him wide open. And I know we're going to. Like, like we're yeah. going – we just – we leave everybody open. It doesn't matter if you shoot 75% from three. We're going to leave you wide open. We have no idea how to defend. It hasn't gotten any better. 200 – I take it back. I said 282nd. We're 288th in adjusted defensive efficiency. And the other thing that, that really 
leaves me concerned about getting significantly better next season or, or two years from now. We're doing this against the weakest schedule that we have played in our modern history. We, we are our, our strength of schedule right now. It sits at 88. That's 20 spots lower than the worst schedule that we had played since joining the Big East in 2004-2005. The ACC right now, according to every metric, is the worst that it has been since these metrics existed. It is the seventh best conference in college basketball. It's behind the Mountain West right now. So in a historically bad ACC and against a historically weak schedule for us, we have managed to win four games and defend nobody. It is... I know that everybody listening is knows this is bad, and it's it's as bad as it's ever been. It's almost unbelievable that it has gotten to this point. And if it, like, the thing that that I think I struggle with is if this is as low as it can be. If I never thought this depth was possible to be reached with U of L basketball under any set of circumstances, and if it can get this low. How high can it really get? Like, like can right. we get back to winning? We, we won a national title ten years ago. Do we think that we have any shot at being in that mix three or four years from now when we're sitting here reading off these stats and talking about this team playing the way it, it, it has been? It's just it's hard. It's hard for me to not look at this, and I hate to say this, but it's hard for me to not look at this and say I feel like we're fucked. I mean, if you go back, it's I mean, it's pretty. Uh funny if you go back and listen to like our pod i think it might have been right before the lenore ryan game or like when we figured out that the roster was going to be very limited um and we didn't land some of those recruits you know i think we were disappointed but we said hey go out this season and we we both said we don't even care about the offense like we really don't right show us that you're a master motivator by playing absolute balls-of-the-wall, hard-nosed defense by rebounding the shit out of the ball and by getting to the free-throw line. And it's been, I mean, absolutely zero of that. No. Uh, Which is, to me, the most concerning thing, especially if you're a first-year coach. That should be, like, the number one, one, two, and three principles that you teach – um, and it seems like we've almost gotten worse throughout the year, which is hard to believe. Like, you know, it, the roster, we've talked about it. It is what it is. I know what people are upset, you know, at what Kenny said after the game, like last night, like I'm at a loss for words. I don't, you know, I, I don't know his exact quote, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, I, I don't really know how to get through to these guys. It's the same thing he said 75 exactly. times this year. Yeah, that's what, he just says it in like a different version, but he says essentially the same message. But no matter what he says, like to me, it, it, you know, if he was just like, I suck, like, you know, then I think people are going to be like, oh, why do we hire him? You know, whatever he says, it's people are going to be upset. Sure. But to me, you know, it, it – it's almost proving that, like, man, I, I, I just don't know if – I think our players respect Kenny to, you know, the highest as a mentor, as an off-the-court guy. Like, I really do. And I think judging by even, like, some of these guys wanting to come back, that, that shows a lot of, like, how Kenny probably treats these people in real life and off the court. But on the court, man, I just don't think there are enough consequences – there's not enough motivation coming from the sideline. You know, it, it's just that you you cannot make the same mistake over and over and over. And then just, I mean, I don't want to pick on anyone, but 
geez, like some of these guys that are making the same mistakes are just being left out there with no consequences. Know, We've yeah. talked about it like a million times. Like, I feel like we're obviously beating a dead horse here, but I just don't think from a motivation standpoint on the court that this, you know, that this is the guy. I'm sorry. And like, maybe I'm completely wrong when we bring in different players, um, you know, but like you said, I, we've dug ourselves such a hole. Like, even if we come out of it, like, there's just absolutely no way we can get from, like, you know, point F where we're at all the way up to point A where we want to be. Like, yeah, maybe we get to point D or point C, um, but that's not where we should be as a program. So, um, I don't know, man. It sucks. Like, it really sucks. I, I just – there's not much more you can say. I'm, I'm very excited for the season to end and to turn the page and, and kind of see how we – at least try to shake things up. Yeah, my my biggest fear at this point is that, I mean, we're going to be better next year just because the the law of averages says there's almost it's right. almost impossible to be worse. But my biggest fear is that we win like twelve or thirteen games, maybe fourteen games next season, and people are like, "See, see, yeah, exactly." Like, like, only because we were this bad, and let let's not be revisionists here. Nobody thought we were going to be this bad. Nope. Nobody. If you're out there saying that you did, I don't believe you. I'm sorry because I got roasted for saying that I thought we would be a bottom five team in the ACC and that we might win about as many games as we did last year with with, like knowing what the roster was. And people were like, that's ridiculous. We're going to play like Florida state. We don't need guards. We have big, like all this stuff. And, And now we're sitting here and people are like, well, we all saw this coming. He told us it was going to be bad. He didn't. In, in He told us to, to be patient when the season got there. In May, he said, I know we're going to be good, and if we get some of these, these transfers that we're in on, we can be really good. Like that's we, we were, He was confident in the roster. Nobody thought that we were going to be 4-26. Nobody thought that we were going to shatter the record for program losses in a single season, and, and yet here we are. And so I don't want to. I don't want to celebrate a thirteen win next season, a thirteen win season next year, and have everybody say, "See, see, see, we're making progress." And then two years from now, we go sixteen and fifteen, and still are comfortably out of the NCAA tournament. And finally, we you know we say enough's enough, and we get rid of the guy, and we've wasted three years. I, I just I don't know where you go from here. And yeah, like the you mentioned, nothing really changes. We play the same guys who make the same mistakes. Kenny Payne does the same thing during the games. I mean, he throws his arms up in frustration, you know, doing the whole, like, can you believe these guys 80 times a game? Like, I used to get really frustrated when Chris Mack would do that, where he would, like, turn to the crowd and, like, kind of, like, throw his arms up. Like, do you see what I see? Like, Rick Pitino, yeah, he would throw his arms up, but when he would do it, he would – he's yanking that guy out of the game that he's pissed off at and he's yelling at him and he's telling him why he's pissed off at him and telling him what he needs to do the next time that he's in there and he's not going to play him again until he does the right thing we just have like Payne just throws his arms up in frustration a million times a game and then doesn't make subs doesn't call timeouts doesn't do anything different and we somehow expect the results to be different you mentioned the postgame quotes you know he comes out and he says we had a bunch of guys that just didn't come to play on senior night. The last he kept saying the last game of the year. I'm like, well, we we kind of wish we still we still got yeah, one still we got, got one more regular season game to play after this, and then a tournament game to play next week. Uh, but he's he just keeps saying, you know, there are no words to describe. Like I just can't get through to these. Some these guys aren't playing for their teams. Every day I'm challenging them. I know it's, I'm doing the right thing because they don't like that they're being challenged. It's the same thing that he said over and over and over again. And you're right. It all amounts to 
I'm trying my best. I can't get through to these kids. Can you believe this? And I do also love the the juxtaposition of he'll he'll say, you know, these these players, you know, they're they're still not used to it, but like, you know, they're they're still figuring out what it's like to be loved. Like know that we still love them even when they're doing the wrong things. And then like a minute later, he's like, we're going to get the right people in this program next year. <laughs> Basically being like these shitheads are ruining yeah. the program. They got to get out of here. And it just, I, I told the story on Twitter. It reminds me of you know, uh, several years, several years ago, there was this family that moved into our neighborhood and like lived across the street from us. And I, we knew it was going to be bad. The dad never wore a shirt and always wore a UK gold chain. Like I was like, this is, there goes the neighborhood. We're done here. <laughs> But they had this dog, and they kept they kept the dog outside twenty four hours a day, which is already a red flag. But the dog would just fucking howl from midnight until like six a.m. Just would not stop. It kept everybody awake. Like everybody was complaining about it. And finally, like all the people who live around this house, they had to have like a talk. And we, you know, people go over there, and they're like, you know, you got to do something about this dog. Nobody's getting sleep. Like clearly, something's wrong here. And the guy, his response was. Well, I tell him to be quiet. And everybody's like, that that's not good right. enough, man. Like, you know, if you're going to keep him outside, you got to build him a doghouse. Or you're going to have to figure out how to let him sleep inside. He's not happy. We're not happy. Nobody's happy. You've got to do something to fix this. That's your responsibility. You're in charge here. And it's kind of what I feel like is happening with Kenny Payne. Like, you can't just keep being like, I'm... I'm trying to coach them. They're just not listening. That's your, it's your job. You are paid. You've been paid three and a half million dollars this year to win four games. You are paid handsomely to get through to these kids, to impose your will on them, to have them play your vision out. And it has not happened at all. And it leaves a lot of people, I think, very unconvinced that it's going to happen at least to a high enough degree in the future to get this program back to where it needs to be. And it's just, it, it's been. More disappointing than I could have ever imagined. All right. So, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> no, I mean, that's on that note. Yeah. No, I'm just, I mean, I can't, I, we could just keep talking about how fucking shitty this team is, but really, uh, you know, we, we gotta at least, I mean, I know there's gonna be transfer portal. You know, I know this kid from the, the Minnesota recruit, Dennis, who I really want to guide Dennis. Dennis on our team. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot that's probably going to happen with the roster, and I know we've gone through this exercise 25 times. What who do you who do you the, want to come back? What, I, what, I, got, I know what, it. What pieces of the roster we <laughs> actually work with? Like, I mean, I don't know, because like, I mean, I, to me, like, people are like, oh, oh, this guy's definitely back, and this guy's back, and this guy. I'm like. I mean, are we really, like, wanting to bring, like, at least four – I mean, almost four people. And I hate to be hard on these kids, but that almost seems like too many. Like, I need a complete overhaul. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know what your opinion is um, on this, but – Can we start uh, off, like, real quick – we can start this conversation off by talking about how awkward the senior night was last night. Like, it was – we thought last year was weird with Malik Williams doing it for a second time and looking – furious the entire night <laughs> but like last night we've got l ellis and sydney curry two players who both to my knowledge have one year of collegiate eligibility remaining the big topic surrounding l ellis right now is is he going to come back i mean he, he said earlier this week for anybody who didn't see it 
you know, he's he wants to test the waters. He wants to see what his pro options are. But if he does come back for one more year of college basketball, it's going to be to Louisville. It's not going to be. He's not going to enter the transfer portal. He's going to play for the cards. So you've got like people wanting L. Ellis to come back, which is a weird sentiment going into senior night. Like yeah. senior night, senior night is supposed to be like thank you. Let's remember the good times. Best of luck to you in your next step. It's not supposed to be like thank you. Are you going to come back next year? Like that's we, we've never been in this position before. And then you've also got Sidney Curry there, who nobody is asking about whether or not he's going to come back next year because everybody's just ready to see him gone at, because, after such a disappointing season. It just was insanely, insanely remember, awkward. Remember how much like we valued senior night back in the day? Oh my god, like. That, those senior nights, like in the early two thousands, and like the beginning of the Rick years, and even like the the Denny, prime, you know, I also, I don't want to say prime years because I wasn't born in the eighties, but like the nineties when we had like Dewan and uh, Bozak and Alvin Sims, um, you know, and then gosh, the but I used to call and like leave you messages. Like, I was about to say, like, do you remember that you used to leave me voicemails on senior day? And it was it was always you singing about the players to the tune of Candle in the Wind. Yeah, it really was. Will I picked, Scott, up, I picked up my phone one day and all I hear is like it's like a oh, Danny called and it was you're like, Goodbye, Terrence Williams. I think you were the greatest player I know. Oh wait, that was Will Scott. Man, I used to have a lot of time in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> we got laid a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, but yeah, that, that I mean, that's just you know, and I know times have changed, and senior nights like just they aren't what they are, you know, aren't what they are anymore. But um, yeah, that was that was sad. I don't know how to describe it. That was pretty awkward. Um, but well, I guess I, I'll let's go talk about first it here on the roster construction. Okay. All right, guys, I can work with. All right, Mike James, hundred percent. Okay. I like the way I like the way he plays. I like the way he takes the ball to the basket. Um, he does randomly like disappear in stretches of games, um, but like for the most part, like the way he plays, like I think that would translate to a winning basketball team. Um, so I can work with him. I mean, JJ has at least I feel like kind of turned a corner on the offensive end. And I guess from like a shot blocking presence, he's still, geez, like he gets lost on defense. He's still pretty slow footed and he cannot rebound worth a shit. Um, but I, I do feel like he's still kind of growing into something. So I think I could work with him. This is going to be like unpopular. I mean, I, L Ellis, like, I don't, I, I, L's been like, obviously leading scorer, like, handles the ball like it seems like on every single possession I get it I almost wonder if it it would be an addition by subtraction with L like to me L is a guy on a good contending final four team that's like a guy that comes off a bench and can get hot like in a hurry I just think he does things I mean he doesn't play a lick of defense like he does not help you on the glass at all um you know he did improve kind of getting careless with the ball towards the end of the season. So I'll give him that. But he obviously can score in bunches. And I think on a good team, like he's a guy I could see coming off the bench and really helping someone. Um, But like other than that, geez, I know people are like, well, Kamari. Oh, man, I don't know yet. I just don't know. Uh, I I wouldn't say no, but I wouldn't like, you know, do cartwheels over it. So I would say 100% Mike James. 
I would say I'm okay with JJ Trainer, and then you know, if you want to bring back L and Kamari, I guess I get it. But I would, I would almost, you know, limit at least limit L Ellis's role a little bit. Um, if it was, I, I know that's not going to happen, by the way. But that would that would be what I would do. Yeah, I feel like the four that you mentioned are the four that I hear from most people that they seem to to want back. Having said that, like the six that we got back from last year's team were the six that most people wanted back. I think there was some debate over Dre Davis, but for the most part, when we were doing this same exact exercise twelve months ago, people were like, "I, you know, we got to have Sidney Curry back. We need L. Ellis back. He's going to be a star. Uh, you know, get, you got to keep Mike James, see what he can do. Want Roosevelt Wheeler back? Let's get Trainer more minutes. Uh, you know, we, all, like that. This was the the core group that people wanted." Like, get Noah Locke the fuck out of here, and now Noah Locke's, like, the second-leading scorer in the top 25 team. Uh, Sam Williamson has not been good at SMU. I would have – yeah, I was surprised that he didn't put up bigger numbers. Matt Cross has been good for a bad UMass team. But, like, you know, we were – I guess be careful what you wish for. You never know how this is going to play out. But having said that, like, I'm with you on – I want Mike James to stay. I think I'm higher on Kamari Lands than you are. Um, I, I'd like to see Kamari stick around. I think he's made strides as the season has gone on. I would like to see L. Ellis come back. I have the same concerns that you do. I think he is... I think you would have seen him be a much, much better and more consistent player this year if he had a running mate. It, it's... the the Not having an extra guy to run the floor with him and to take any of the ball handling duties off of his shoulders... I don't think you can overstate how much that's that's hurt him. He's had to do everything for this team. And my big concern with bringing him back next year on what we hope is a more complete roster with a better and deeper backcourt is think about his mindset the two years that he's played. And he's coming from junior college where he was the man. You shoot every time, like you play every time. And that's kind of what they told him to do last year when he was coming off the bench was your, your instant offense guy. Go in there. Try to score a bunch of points. Don't worry about defense as much. He he clearly wasn't is not invested on the defensive end, and, and just go out there and try to be try, try to get us some buckets. And he did that. Uh, there were a couple of games last year where he single handedly got us back in the the Michigan State game, in the North Carolina game, and just went nuts. And that was kind of his mo. And then this year, because the the way that the roster was designed, he's offensive option A, B, and C. And he's doing everything out there. He, he's getting all the assists. He's getting all the points. He's getting all the turnovers. And he's so tired. I don't think he's he's not invested in defense. He's trying to save his legs whenever he can. Like, if we have a better roster next year, how is he going to effectively shift that mindset to where right. may, maybe he's like the second or third scoring option? Or even if he's scoring option number one, he's not running the show. He's not initiating the offense. And then I think your point is exactly he's got to get better defensively. Like we mentioned the defensive numbers. He's one of the biggest reasons for that. He, he doesn't, he, he doesn't know how to defend and like that hasn't changed at all. And that's going to have to get better. If Louisville's going to be an NCAA tournament team or an NCAA tournament ish team next season. But I would like to see him come back just because I think if you're trying to build this culture and let's be real, like Kenny Payne, despite what a disaster the season has been, you don't have players fighting. You don't have players tweeting negative stuff about the coaching staff. You don't have players saying negative stuff about the coaching staff. They clearly want to play for this guy. At least the core group does. They clearly, I think, like you said, respect Kenny Payne and, and like him as a human being. So if you want that part of the culture to carry over, you need some guys back from this year's team. And, and LLS is a captain, and he's he's the guy. He, he you know He's the face of this team. 
I, I'd be fine with him coming back. I'm like you. Uh, like if he does choose to go pro, I think that you can you can try to play the addition by subtraction card. But those three, I'd like to have come back. I, JJ Trainer, I would like to come back too. He plays really hard, and that's that's all we've been wanting to see from most of this team. And everybody else is, yeah. I, I'm, I'll be interested to see what they I mean, do. A core four, a core like, four will be back. Enough. Like I think he'll be back, and that's. You know. But let's break it down now. So that's let's say all. And if you're asking what I think is going to happen, my sense is still that LLS is more likely to go than he is to come back. I would put it at like sixty forty right now. Now that's granted that that's back from like at the beginning of the season. I heard it was like ninety five five. Like he, like he's gone. Like he, this is his mindset. He's going into his last year of college uh, basketball. The game has changed a little bit now. Where let's say he thinks he can make two hundred k overseas or you know, make a G League salary, Louisville can match that with NIL now. And, and I think he knows that. If he wants to be in Louisville for one more season, he can find the money to make that worth his while. And I think that changes the game a little bit. But if we do bring back L, we bring back Mike James, we bring back Kamari, we bring, and, and let's say real quickly, it's not just like our choice. Like, like right, exactly. We may wake up in a week from now and Kamari Lands is like, I'm out of here. I'm in the transfer portal. I don't need this anymore. And I mean, could you blame anyone? Like, no. In a million, like 100%. I'd be like, hey, change of scenery. That might be a good thing for some of these guys. Like that, that might happen. So it, it's not entirely our decision. I assume a guy like Mike James, who apparently has a very close relationship with Kenny Payne. You know, you've heard of the anecdote. Like, like Payne will try to teach something in practice, and then that night he'll call James to see how the team received it. Like, they seem to have a really good rapport. I assume that he will be here for the long haul, but, uh, you know, you, you know what assuming does. So I'm saying if we get Ellis back, if we get James back, if we get Trainer, Akora 4, and Lands, that's five guys. You've got Curtis Williams and Caleb Glenn, incoming freshmen who are both signed. You've got Karan Davis from the JUCO ranks. You've got potentially now... Dennis Evans, this this five star big who just decommitted from Minnesota, and people think is going to come to us. I still I don't, I don't know what's up with the Churchill Abbas kid, who's the other kid from the, the African Basketball Academy, that people think may come here. He's, he's being heavily recruited by a lot of programs. That's ten. That leaves just three spots for transfer portal guys. I think you need at least at least three or four just new blood guys who can come in and and change the program, flip the script, try to do an Iowa State thing where they went 2-22 three years ago, and then, I take it back, two years ago, and then last season they won 22 games and went to the Sweet 16. If you want that to be you, you need a gigantic roster overhaul, and I think that means at least four or five incoming transfers. And if it's if it's a difference between, people are talking about this, this Hubbard kid who just decommitted from Ole Miss and is the number 99 overall player in the class, that's great. But if we're talking about being good immediately next year, right? recent history says you need experienced college players. Fun fact for you, Dan. Out of the top 100 scorers in college basketball right now, guess how many of those are true freshmen? I'm going to guess uh, two. One. Damn it. Brandon Miller, the only one. Brandon Miller is the only top 100 scorer in the country who's a true freshman. And next year's class, according to... Jonathan Gavoni and Sam Vecini, like the, the recruiting class, they're all saying it's the weakest recruiting class they've seen in like 20 years. So if it's between taking another like five, like four-star freshman or getting an experienced college player who averaged 14 points per game 
at UT Chattanooga or something like that. You take the experienced college player at this point if you want to be good next year. Yeah, I mean, Kenny doesn't have to. I mean, un- unfortunately, with the, the hole that he dug this year, he doesn't have time. Like, I know he wants to build the program the right way. The fans are not going to, you know, just sit along, like you said, and wait for these freshmen to develop, like, in late March of next year when the team is, like, 8-20. and 20. That's just yeah. not going to happen. It's like Kamari's averaging 16 points per game. We've got seven wins. No, it's yeah. not going to work. Like, let's, you, you can't sell that to anybody. Next, You've got – it's lighter than you think at this point. I'm sorry that it happened this way, but when you have a historically bad season at a place like Louisville, things change. It, you won four games this year. We can't have a slow build from four to eight to 12, and then maybe we're in the NCAA tournament when you and I are, like, 45 years old. Like, that's <laughs> – we need to start getting better. I mean, it's it's sad to sit here and think, like – the next time that we could reasonably be competing for a national title, like you and I are going to be in our forties, our kids are going to be getting older. Like, it's just, I don't want to, we need, this is Louisville. You have immediately eligible transfers. You've got NIL money to use to go recruit. If you have the goods to be one of the best coaches in college basketball, which is what the standard that we're upholding you to, you should be able to turn this thing around relatively quickly. Like that's, and if you can't, then you're not the guy. It's as simple as that. So, Um, so if L Ellis did leave, and then, you know, like we predicted, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's say we got the guys, the other three are coming back and the rest of the roster is not. Um, with all those guys you just mentioned, like how many ball handlers do we actually have potentially coming in as of right now? I mean. So that's that, and that's my, like, whoever. You've got to go get transfer break, guards. You've got to get transfer guards. That's uh, to me, this is whoever Kenny goes after, quote or quote unquote, lands in the transfer guard portal is going to decide his fate in Louisville. I just, I, I just think yeah. it, it comes down to that. I think it's going to be that big of a deal that we get someone in here that can actually run a team, distribute a team, lock up on defense, um, and we're going to have to have some depth at the position that we obviously didn't have there this year so you know obviously we don't know who those candidates are yet um i will find out after the season but to me in the short kenny Payne tenure that's going to be probably what decides his fate agreed all right do we do we have any parting thoughts i don't think we need to preview virginia on saturday <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean- who so we're probably playing boston college is that is that boston college a week from yesterday yeah next tuesday that's yeah. what it sounds like. I mean, I don't know I, if you're if you're gonna play one team where like oh we could sneak out a win like I know we lost them earlier but I, I don't know it just feels like one we could probably sneak out a win. I've been thinking for a while that we're going to win that first game on Tuesday just because I think you see it a lot with the team that was that finishes dead last in conference in big conference tournaments they come in with more like they, their season's been dead for like three months so they they've been waiting for this week for like the, since early January. And a lot of times, you know, they're playing a team that won like six conference games and was, you know, not good, but not like the worst of all time. And they are, they have little motivation, but the way that we played the last two games, I I don't know. Like it it just, it kind of, and then with Kenny Payne basically being like, this is the last game of the year. We're done. Like, let's see, we're, we're going to get better soon. I think we're going to bring in better kids, like all this stuff. I don't know if it's going to go well, but I can see if it is BC, which it sounds like there's like a 90% chance we're going to be playing them. I, 
I can see us winning that game. Do we? Do we? Do we make some sort of extreme bet if Louisville like wins the ACC tournament? We have to do something like I get like a KP tattoo on my foot, like like a I don't know. That was probably a little weird, but um... I told Master P I'd do the show naked if we won the. Oh really? Because Master P thinks we have a chance. Uh, A quick spoiler to our next conversation. (laughs) Master P thinks we are a live shot in the conference tournament. He thinks we got a real shot. So, I mean, hey, I, I, uh, I guess I like the optimism, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll shave my head. I probably won't, but um, there would, uh, it would certainly be something. But yeah, let's. All right, so let's jump into Master P. Do you actually call before, him uh, but, but, Master right, but, but, P? Before we do, we need to talk about Master P. But before we do, we need to remind you about our friends, our sponsors over oh, yeah. at Homefield Apparel. They have a new line of U of L stuff. If you haven't seen it yet, it's fantastic. Go to homefieldapparel.com to check out the entire new line of Louisville stuff and the billion different colleges that they have uh, licensed apparel for. Go there. V- follow them on social media at Homefield Apparel without an E on Twitter, Homefield Apparel on Instagram. They'll keep you up to date with all their latest releases and all their new deals. And if you use our promo code, our new promo code, GoCards, very simple, very straightforward, all one word, GoCards at checkout, it's going to save you 15% off any purchase from the Louisville line. We're talking the old stuff, the new stuff. Use that promo code, go cards, go to homefieldapparel.com. All right, let's talk about Master P. Yeah, I mean, I guess, A, how did it, like, come about? Do you get, like, an email from, like, a entourage member? Did he reach out to you directly? Do you call him Master P? Um, I, like, I, I, I have a lot of questions of what happens off the set here. A lot of people seem to have a lot of questions. I think out of, <laughs> out of all the things that I've done over the years, this is the thing that people seem to be the most interested in. And I get it. It's Master fucking P. And it's me <laughs> doing a TV show together. It still feels very strange and very surreal to say. So the back, I don't, I don't think I've told the full backstory anywhere. So we, we can do this. this. This is a treat. The po- true fans, the podcast listeners will reward you. So I think it, w- it was like a month ago. I... I to my knowledge, and I still there's a lot about this that I'm fuzzy on. To my knowledge, like a month ago, Master P is watching ESPN, the Shouting TV show, Stephen A. Smith, whoever's on that day, and he's like, "These guys suck. I could do a better sports TV show than them." A thought that I think over the years I found out like 95 percent of American males have had at some point. Like I could I could do this. The difference is they're not Master P. Master P is like he goes to his age and he's like, "I want to do a sports TV show." ESPN doesn't just hand out sports TV shows to anybody, including Master P. So they have to work down like contact lists. Who do they know? Master P's got direct ties to Louisville. He's been in the community for a long time, ever since his grandmother was displaced here during Hurricane Katrina. So he knows some people here. Winds up getting in contact with Troy Miles, who's my boss with, with Word Media Group, and the guys who run the WBNA station. They're interested. Troy reaches out to me because so WBNA and my radio station, they're owned by the same group. We're under the same umbrella. So Troy is like, we may have a show with Master P. We may be doing a TV show with Master P. Outside of that, I get two different calls from two different people. Like Master P gets in touch with some of his contacts in Louisville. They hire people to to look into, like, I, I guess, people that may be interested in this project that they think would be a good fit. Because Master P wants a female on the panel, and he wants... A, I think comedian who knows sports. That that's that that's his vision for this show. 
and two separate people that he hires to look into this, they come up with my name, which is flattering. They're like, you know, comedian who knows something about sports is great, but we want, we, we ended up thinking somebody who knows a lot about sports, but who's also funny. And we came to you. Would you be, they're both like, would you be interested? Would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah, you, I never turned down a meeting. It's always worth pursuing. We'll see what this is all about. Sounds interesting. Let's, let's talk about it. A couple weeks later, out of nowhere, I, my phone is blowing up at like 10 in the morning. Everyone's like, where are you? We're waiting for you. Here's the, here's the conference call number. Master P's waiting. And I'm like, what? And I text Troy. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? They're like, did nobody get in contact with you? Master P's waiting for you on the phone. I'm like, what? I, I've just gotten off. I think I was recording a different podcast. And I'm like, what, what's going on? I call into this number. They're all like, we sent you the Zoom link. Nobody had gotten in contact with me at all about this. It's like an audition. With, with Master P. I'm like, it's like a gigantic conference call. I had no idea what's happening until like 15 minutes into the call. I'm like, oh, they're trying to see how Master P and I talk about sports together. So like, that was very strange. I don't think anything of it. I move on. And then it was last Monday. Troy, my, my boss, texts me and he's like, can you come in at like one o'clock to meet Master P? And I'm like, okay, sure. This, what, what is happening? So we go in, we meet Master P, we go to our tiny little radio studio, and Master P has taken, he's, an, he's got his own shoes, he's got his own clothing line, he's got this, this new cereal with Snoop Dogg, he's got his own wrap snacks, he's got all this stuff, he's an entrepreneur, I'm sure he's had a million business meetings, I can't imagine he's ever had one in like as tiny a place as, as we had this little meeting with, and very quickly, I realized like, Oh, sh- like this is happening. Like it's like I've got no idea if I'm going to get paid for this. Like what's going to happen? I haven't negotiated anything, and they're just talking about it. Like like this show's a done deal. We're going to make it happen. And Master P is like, I'm in town next week for Hersey's last game, last game at home game of the regular season. Let's do the show then. Let's just get it done. And we're like, okay, that's a fucking week from now. <laughs> it's it was a very quick turnaround. The TV people did their best. I mean, Master P, look. He is a hundred percent convinced that this is going to be the biggest sports TV show in the entire world. Like, there's there's no doubt in his mind, and I guess this is just how entrepreneurs work. Like, there's no doubt in his mind that this thing is going to be huge. And he's laying out his vision here. He's sitting at this table. He's like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. I've got a close relationship with LeBron. He'll come on. I coach Brittany Griner. She'll come on. I know Demar Derozan. He's already said he'll come on. And I'm like. I might be able to get you Brian Brom. <laughs> we'll we'll have to see what his availability is like on that day. That's what I'm bringing to the table, and like like I mean, but Master P is just like he's going on, and I'm like I'm like all right, like I I guess we're doing this, and I mean in a week's time, he gets the the shirts made that are like. The truth is the, the name that he comes up with. I do like the name of the show. I like it. He just came up with that during that meeting, like on Monday. He's like, let's call it the truth. We're going to talk the truth. I'm like, sure, that, that works. He's got our pictures on it. He's got, he's got licensed apparel. He's got hats. He's got coffee mugs made up. He's got all, like, it, it's just, it's all happening. He's all made it happen very, very fast. So, like, we, we leave the meeting on Monday and we're like, okay, I, I guess we're doing a live TV show next Monday. The poor TV people are like, we got to create a fucking set and get all these graphics done in a week. That's the quickest turnaround we've ever had. Shouts to my guy Jay over at WBNA. He did an incredible job. Like they, the graphics they had ready were, were terrific. The set looked awesome. But like, it's just a different world. I still like, I'm in the dark all last week. 
Trey, who runs the show over the TV station, he comes over to the radio station on Wednesday. And he's like, I've got a couple of rundowns for you, like a couple of, of, of notes I want to get to. And it's, it's all about like TV stuff. Like, would you, could you talk this? Could you do that? And then he's like, the last thing that I've got is, do you have any green room requests? And I'm, I don't even know what that, I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm like, is that like a green screen? He's like, no, the green room where you go and like the talent waits before the show. What do you want food and drink? Like, what would you like? He's like, because Master P has a list. I'm like, I'm sure he fucking does. He's Master P. Of course he has a list. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't. But then, like, after I said no, I really should have been like, I'm, this is a missed opportunity. I could have Yeah, you're a Starburst jelly beans guy, 100%. If there's one green M&M in that bowl, I swear to God, I won't do the fucking show. Like, <laughs> there used to be, there used to be a Mexican restaurant called Ernesto's. They had the best brown salsa. It hasn't existed for 10 years. If that brown salsa is not on the table, I fucking walk. I'm done. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it's really like I, the, for me the the most fascinating part is like uh, like my parents reaching out to me about it and like hearing my mom like talk about Master P and like just knowing that like my parents are like down in Florida with their friends like probably out to eat like at some seafood restaurant talking about Danny's friend Mike and Master P. <laughs> It's the, it's the weirdest, it's the craziest <laughs> fucking thing. I mean, this is, I told the story at the, the press conference we did on Monday. Like, so when I was in sixth grade, seventh grade, like my, I had puberty before any of the other boys. Like my voice was deeper than everybody's. And Master P is like, you know, to us, like Master P was the biggest thing in the world for like two years, like yeah. in, in like the late nineties, no limit records was enormous. And so all the kids in my class, they would make me do like the whole like, because uh, like my voice was the only one that could do it. So like I played Master P in this group project we had to do. We we created a product called like No Limit Soda, the taste that makes you say, uh. it's like I, I was Master P. And like, like, and now I'm sitting here, I'm having phone conversations with this guy. I'm talking about sports with this guy. It's the, the craziest fucking thing I've ever done in my entire life. But we get to Monday and I like, it is, first of all, I wake up and Masterpiece already trending on Twitter. I'm like, I'm like, is this about, surely this isn't about the show. He went on the breakfast club, which is like the, one of the biggest radio shows in the world and was trending for some stuff there. So he he goes, he does the breakfast club. He flies into Louisville. We do the press conference at the gold house, which is wild enough. I show up, I'm talking to Christopher two X is now calling me on, on a daily basis, which is also just very strange, but very cool. And like, I show up, I brought a, a, a sport coat and like a, a button up, but I'm wearing like what I'm going to wear for the show because like I'm not, I don't have time to go back home. I've got to do the radio show right after the press conference. And two X is calling me and he's telling me like where I need to park, where, where I need to go, where, where, what, which ballroom the press conference is in. And I finally have to be like, so this is my first masterpiece press conference. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what I need to be wearing. And he's like, just, just wear you. He's like, also, He's probably gonna have shirts for you to wear anyway. So and and sure enough, Master P's got a the Truth T shirt for me to put on. We're wearing that, and like the whole day's going on, and I'm realizing, I like I've got no idea what we're talking about on this TV show. <laughs> like we have we have not there has been no communication with me at all about what I need to prepare for, and I'm sitting there and like I'm talking to Master P after the the the, the press conference, and I'm we're breaking down things we want to talk about. He's a big NBA guy. NBA is not really my wheelhouse, which is not. We're not off to a great start. I'm like, you know, do you want to talk Lamar contract extension? He's like, Lamar. I'm like, Lamar Jackson. He's like, well, who's he play for again? I'm like, oh boy. Uh, 
that's probably not going to come up on the show. Like, we'll 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 keep it Louisville focused. We'll keep it NBA focused. We'll we'll do those topics. But like, we do the radio show, and the radio show goes well. He comes in at four. He does a half hour. We go to the TV show. I go to the green room. They've got smart water, Doritos, and M and M's. I think was the that's the, what I remember was there. And like, we're laying out the, the vision. Masterpiece got some ideas, and I, I like this is all happening like an hour before we're supposed to start taping. So it, it's just, it's very, very fast. We settle on, we're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk U of L because people want to, you know, he's got a kid on the team. He want yeah. want to hear his thoughts on Kenny Payne and all this stuff. He's got this idea for the, the last segment is going to be this Jurassic clips, like these animalistic viral clips from sports. The TV people don't have any of the clips. Like they, they don't have anything going on. They don't know what they're going to do. It's just all such a scramble. I don't know how it got done. The fact that it did get done was uh, w- was pretty wild. It ended up. I mean, I think based on what I was thinking at like six thirty, it wound up being a much better, smoother show than I could have imagined from seven to eight. Although I didn't find out until I got home. Like the first five minutes where they something got screwed up and like they they couldn't get it to work and so they had to cut to commercial. So the show just started with us and they, like missed our intro, missed me. You know, <clears throat> I thought trying to be funny and do like that. We'd like cheers our coffee mugs. Like it missed all of that. My Mary's like, did you realize like it didn't start on time? I'm like, no. Shockingly, they didn't tell us that that, that the first five minutes didn't air. It, I'm it sure did it, air on YouTube though. It did on I YouTube. Watched, you, I watched the YouTube version a little. The bit. YouTube clip is fine. I'm sure if the TV show was was the truth with Mike and Danny Sennard, they would have let us know that there were some technical difficulties. But nobody was thrilled to run out and let Master P know that that, that things weren't going great at the start. <laughs> but uh, the, the, it was, I mean, a wild experience. It wound up being a whole lot of fun. He's incredibly nice. He, he's a super super nice person with big visions. I think people want to know what we're doing from this point forward. The plan is eventually for it to be a weekly show. I don't know if that's going to happen right off the bat. Uh, I think we'll do some Zoom shows with him in California and me here, but there's still a lot to be ironed out. We just wanted to get, I think, this one done, treat it like a pilot, have a little sizzle reel for potential advertisers and and go from there. But I I don't know what's next, but it was a very surreal experience. I mean, it's not even me and it's surreal. Like the fact that like, you know, one of my best friends and the guy I do a podcast with, like, like, I, like I try to, like, I mean, I haven't even brought that. Like, I don't know people well enough, like in Columbus, like to be like, hey, I don't even talk about my podcast here, but B, like, there's, I can't even be like, oh yeah, the guy I do the podcast with has a TV show with Master P. Like, I think they'd be like, do you ever come out of your house? Um, <laughs> but, anyways, I mean, unbelievably cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, from, I I didn't get to watch the whole first episode. I watched some of it. Um, and honestly, I I thought it went very smooth for the first time. So you guys should be proud of that. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very, as much as I'm looking forward to the TV show, I'm looking more forward to the relationship even more. Like, I can't wait to see where this thing goes. Um, you know, hopefully you get to ride the PJ one day, maybe back to LA and follow him around for a day. But, um, yeah, pretty cool. If I don't get a no limit chain, then what yeah. the hell, what the hell has this all been for? That's what this is true. I guess. No, I mean, I don't know why. Would, <laughs> I guess you probably want Hersey to come back as my guess. Um, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> So. Uh, I mean, I, I meant to, Jeremy Witten was one of the guys who got in contact with me. He's the, the lawyer that Witten and Houston group and Master P had done commercials for them. 
and he was at the press conference and he has a no limit chain. And I was like, Oh, so this is possible. This, maybe this could happen sometime down the line. But yeah, he also, I mean, he's one of the things we talked about in the show. He's got another son, Mercy, who's like one of the top prospects in the, the 2024 class. He recently had a huge dunk in a game against Sierra Canyon, LeBron's team. And I know Louisville's going to try to get him, but he's got a very close relationship with Houston and Kelvin Sampson. I think they're going to be the team to beat. Um, and Master B, Master B went to Houston on a basketball scholarship initially. That's that's how he got out of um, the third ward in New Orleans. So he's got a relationship with Houston, um, but we'll see what happens there. But it was, yeah, it was, I mean, when, when you have Master P talking at a press conference and on the radio about how, like, he felt like it was destiny to meet Mike Rutherford and, like, have this relationship. I'm like, is this is this fucking happening? Like, you know, it's there've been a lot of imposter syndrome moments for me over the years. I think doing a show with master P and having master P like know who I am and address me to other people is, is right there at the top. It feels it's, I mean, even now just talking about it two days after the show happened, it feels very, very strange to be discussing, but also very cool. Yeah. Um, that uh, totally trumps my, it's like Will Purdue was my assistant coach in <laughs> basketball. <laughs> I, that's all. That's all I got. I host three shows now. I do. I do three shows now. One is with Trevor, who is like a three hundred pound total burnout who never leaves the house. One of the most intriguing, <laughs> crazy people I've ever met in my life. One of my you know closest and oldest childhood friends. You, and then Master P is the third one. You couldn't have. I mean. You talk about a golf foursome that just would be <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, that's what I call versatility on your <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we have It's three groups with three very different conversations. I mean, we, we bring Master P into the studio on, on, on Monday, and Trevor is openly talking about how his songs got him got him laid. He's like, he's like you got me laid twice. I'm like, this may be <laughs> your greatest accomplishment, Master P. Like, I'm like, what is, what is happening the entire world is just collapsing. There's oh a, my God. There's a glitch in the simulation. There's no way that any of this is real. It's all just, I mean, I don't know what's crazier. Louisville having four wins or me yeah. doing shows with Master P. Yeah, we're going to look back. It's like 20 years. It's like, remember 2023? It's like yeah. four <laughs> games and I had a show with Master P. We also, I, I, the other thing that I left out after the show was over, they bought these like celebratory bottles of bourbon for both of us to autograph that were going to be like these, you know, these like, uh, I guess like big pieces of memorabilia for the first show that if the show winds up going big. And so like Master P of course signs first. And I was like, what if I just sign my name right over top of Master P? I was like, so like his name is like very center of the bottle. I'm like, do I just do it very small bottom right corner here? I don't know how, I don't, how does this work? And like I, it, the whole thing is just so, so strange and so crazy, but it's, well. it's cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I don't even know. I don't even have anything to follow up with, man. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of the truth. I just yeah. I mean, my mom talking to the parents at her school about Master P puts a smile on my face. I think that's hilarious. I mean, my brother, uh, his his youngest son plays hockey for Saint X and texted me. He's like one of Charlie's hockey buddies. Just texted me and said we need to hang out with Mike before the game. We got yeah, we got yeah. we have questions about Master P. I'm like. This is doing wonders for my my credit in the local oh, high your school scene. Fred is, it, I mean, uh, if especially if the show keeps going, it's going to just absolutely skyrocket to the moon. So, um, yeah, that's uh, I, I could definitely see why the uh, the high schoolers definitely want you to hang out. 
<laughs> don't say it like that. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't man, where do all the high school? Fine, you want me to ask? I'll ask. Oh man. Uh, so the thing, like in in total, like Mike Dan style, when I'm walking to my car for the press conference, I, I like I'm already I'm running late, so I'm like I'm I'm nervous about getting there on time. I sneeze. It's like a green sneeze of like grossness all over my right sleeve. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I try to wipe it on the car very quickly. I get there's black stuff from the car all over my sleeve now. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, what, 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 what is happening here? It was off to just a, a horrible, horrible start, uh, but we we got it done. Um, uh, yeah, answering questions at a press conference about Master P is something I didn't have on my 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 bucket list, but it happened. That uh, is, oh, that that's it's just the best, but. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, my guess, I'm sitting, I was just saying, I'm sitting here in Charleston, West Virginia. I'm like, something tells me Master P's never been to Charleston, West Virginia. You never know. He's, he's yeah. a versatile guy. He's all over the place. Do you have a Dan in the Dump story for this week, or are we just... I mean, it? yeah, I, don't, I mean, geez, like, it was like, a. I, I mean, it's so dumb. Like, I feel even stupid saying it after saying you hung out with Master P, like... I was on a treadmill with an open window. <laughs> a bird flew into the window and spooked me, and I fell off the treadmill. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely. I, I mean, I don't. It was. It wasn't even like a graceful fall off. It was like where I was halfway <laughs> off, and my foot was like skipping against the treadmill. It was like. <laughs> um, like absolutely scared the hell out of me. But uh, yeah, I, I pretty much. Uh, kind of a straight straight day in the dumps fell off a treadmill story uh i mean yeah that that's classic dan what are you gonna do um do we I, i'm assuming people are mad at us for not doing podcasts more consistently and i get it like we tried to do last week you had a bunch of work stuff going on i had to cancel on one day because my whole house is is sick and we're we're flooded i also had to cancel one day because i was going to meet with master p which i felt like was a valid excuse yeah but we'll, we'll do a podcast next week at some point. If we, I mean, maybe if we win on Tuesday, we can do like a a quick thing on Wednesday morning. If we lose, we'll do like a season wrap. Right. But we'll have a podcast at some point next week to to wrap up the season. And then, I mean, I think when we lose, things are going to ha- start happening pretty quickly. I mean, the, the dominoes will start falling. You'll start hearing about, uh, I think, guys who are going to enter the transfer portal uh, or guys who are announcing that they're definitely coming back. And then we'll also have, which is maybe the more exciting part, you'll have players from these other schools whose seasons have ended announcing that they're entering the transfer portal. We'll be able to talk about you know early guys that maybe we could have an eye on that, that might, might be good fits here. So they'll, like this offseason, people always talk about, you know, what do you discuss on the radio? How do you do the website during the summer months in a place that's as crazy about college football and college basketball as Louisville is like this year. I don't think it's going to be a problem because there's so much interest in who's going to be added here. How are we going to get better? Like there's going to be plenty of stuff to discuss this spring and, and we'll start that process next week, unless we win the conference tournament, in which case we'll have uh you know, we'll do the podcast naked next week. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, I, this year, I know Kenny was uh kind of picky and choosy about who he wanted um, last Didn't off season, the transfer portal. Wrong approach. I, yeah, don't don't think we're gonna have to be uh, picky and choosy this year. We're gonna have to get on it quick. So um, I'm uh, interested to see what happens here. A reminder: please subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, it's the best way to find out when new episodes are available. We'll 
we'll have a yeah we'll read your reviews if you leave them we also love when you give us a, a nice rating 627 ratings we appreciate that you guys are the best uh, even in down times cardinal fans are the best i'm, I'm glad that we're yeah. all in this together we're, if we're going to be miserable at least we can be miserable together and hopefully the healing will start soon and even if it doesn't we got jeff brom we got spring football coming up tough oh, things are going to be okay just get me there baby i need it all right until we talk to you guys next time go cards Go Cards.